It is exactly 17 minutes after 7 o'clock. Super excited to get into the business wrap. But I tell you what, I cannot not invite you, all you ladies, to come and join us on the 9th of August. We'll be at the M1 Studios. And remember to RSVP. Let's get together as the Metro M ladies and talk about the issues that are important to us. And uh, from every aspect, whether it's family or finance or, or business, the economy, whatever the case may be, make sure that you RSVP. Obviously, seating is limited because there's a limited space, but I'd love to see you there. I'm looking forward uh, to being there. So let's get straight into the business wrap and the business stories for today. Joining us is Akonam Mlamleli, Portfolio Manager, 27.4 Investment Managers. A very good evening to you, Akonam. Good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Good evening to yourself this time. How are you this evening? Look, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, as, as you heard about uh, what's happening on the 9th of August, I hope you'll be joining us. I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, <laughs> make a plan, girl. Come on, make a plan. <laughs> but but look, let, let's get straight into it today. Um, and, and let's start with ESCOM. ESCOM has been the bane of uh, South Africans for, for quite a while now with the rolling uh, blackouts. We've seen ESCOM being spoken about at the state capture in, inquiry. Uh, but it's a very personal issue for us as South Africans, and it really affects us in every area and aspect of, of our lives. But one thing that has been uh, quite certain about ESCOM is the issue of maintenance, and that has come up uh, quite um, exponentially. We hear now the finance minister saying that, look, he is open to helping uh, as far as maintaining and fixing the power stations. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so as you have alluded, um, Sistani, I think it's been over 10, uh, 10 years, particularly with this challenge that has been going on, that we've felt very personally about in, over the last over 10 years, 14 years to be exact. Um, so there was a briefing um, yesterday, um, which was held um, by various ministers just to tackle the, the energy crisis that we're currently in. And um, if you recall last week with the President Cyril Ramaphosa, and indicating um, his strategy in terms of fixing um, the energy crisis that we're currently in. So the committee um, was briefing um, the media yesterday, um, and obviously some of the ministers, such as Minister Inukonongwana, were also there. Um, and he indicated that um, he is, um, or particularly the finance ministry, um, will be um, available to assist in providing funding for additional costs to ESCOM um, when they need it, um, although they haven't come to him directly yet, um, but when they needed in order to just assist with some of these um, power stations and the challenges with, that they've been having with the power stations and also some, some of the maintenance um, challenges that they're currently um, having and have been experiencing with some of the power stations. So um, he indicated that um, the finance ministry will be available to assist with additional funding in, t- in terms of trying to get funding for these um, power stations. But I think what is also more important was that uh, Minister Praveen Gordon, who was also at the, the briefing yesterday, also indicated that um, ESCOM should also just try um enable themselves by obviously trying to assist themselves in trying to get resources internally um, in terms of just cleaning up their operations and just getting rid of some of the overpricing from some, some of the contractors that they currently have at the moment in order to get additional financing to obviously support some of the, the projects that, and obviously the maintenance and funding that they currently need. 
Is this not putting the cart before the horse, um, Akona, in the sense that ASCOM has actually not gone to the ministry and said we need additional budgets? There is eight, eight, eight billion rand that's budgeted by ESCOM for, for maintenance. Uh, should the minister not wait to be approached? Um, yeah, I think yesterday was just obviously a briefing, so I think he just wanted to indicate that um, should ESCOM um, need this additional funding, obviously the finance ministry is open um, to obviously discuss um, whichever amount that ESCOM needs at that particular time. Uh, but I think with the current um, challenges and also some of the initiatives that were put forward by the president um, last week, Monday, um, I think um, ESCOM is trying to obviously fix some of the challenges that they currently have um, with the with the, obviously the power stations and new power stations such as Kusile and Wadupi, um, just obviously trying to fix some of the challenges that they have there. Um, so I think it was just mostly um, an open branch and an open invitation um, should they need those funding. So maintenance is one of the key areas identified to try and alleviate the, the challenges that ESCOM or rather that South Africa is experiencing as far as ESCOM. There have been six plants that have been identified uh, for the maintenance to increase the generation output. We're also seeing the Energy Crisis Committee um, that has been put together. But talk to us about some of the other interventions uh, that, that were mentioned that will be put in place to try and make sure that South Africa gets to keep the lights on. Yeah, so um, as you indicated, they will be fixing some of those old power stations and also um, some of the two new power stations, Kusile and Moduti. Um, but I think one of the initiatives that were brought um, on by the strategy that was announced by President um, Ramaphosa was with regards to procurement, um, with regards to procurement for um, state um, renewable energy projects um, and also um, the gas and battery storage. Um, so that will obviously alleviate some of the pressures from ESCOM. Um, so this also does um, provide a lot of the bidders opportunity um, to submit, submit bids, um, particularly to the procurement um, division um, with regards to ESCOM. And they've indicated that um, submissions for these bids have been extended, um, which were obviously extended from um, August 11 um, for, for last week, uh, but have been extended for another 45 to um, 60 days um, by the Minister um, of resources and energy with them Tasha. Um, so I think this is a great initiative. Um, I think they're being proactive. Um, I think that is what is needed. I think we would have liked to have seen this um, proactiveness um, a few years ago, um, but I think um, it's not too late and that obviously things can still turn around. Let's uh, move our focus now to MassMart. Uh, they are still reeling from the July 2021 uh, civil unrest. Uh, tell us more about, about their shares and their, and their performances. Are you with us, Akona? Looks like we've lost Akona there for a moment, but we certainly will be trying to get her back as we focus on our business stories for the day. Uh, one of the first stories, actually, the very first story that we started speaking about was the, the story of ESCOM and the measures that are being put in place um, as far as making sure that we remain productive as a country. Because you know that when the lights are off, that literally eliminates productivity uh, for the longest time. But MassMart also uh, having announced uh, their, their their results as well. Akona, we've got you back. Let's talk about MassMart and how they are struggling at the moment and still really feeling the effects of uh, the unrest that took place about a year ago. Yeah, so MassMart Holdings, the parent um, of brands, which our listeners may be familiar with, the likes of your macro 
stakeholders and game um, came out with an update today indicating that um, the retailer, particularly for the first half, um, has experienced losses. Um, so the the mass market, the brands of obviously of those owners indicated that they expect headline loss of to obviously increase from at least of one percent for the 26 weeks ending um, June of this year. So this is possibly a loss of approximately 974 million rand um, from a previous loss of about 645 million rand. So what has contributed particularly to this decline that they currently see? Um, so they indicated that sales, particularly when it comes to um, general merchandise, that decreased and declined by 1.4% um, compared to the same period last year. Um, however, they did experience, particularly in the liquor division, um, on a Lycan basis, um, sales increased, particularly on liquor, by 21%. But unfortunately, when it comes to um, the, the, the game, particularly that, that division, um, continues to struggle, unfortunately. Um, and this particular game has been obviously um, found with a lot, enormous challenges, um, cash-strapped consumers, particularly with regards to um, high interest rates that we're currently seeing, high inflation. Um, but in terms of also some of the challenges game has also been having with regards to the um, higher margin products, um, particularly coming to their fridges and washing machines. And we've seen a lot of consumers um, shift their spending patterns um, to more goods that they currently need um, and obviously away from those um, fridges and microwaves that, that they're currently selling. And how did food sales perform? I mean, traditionally, those are areas, you know, food is one of those, um, you know, mm. basic uh, commodities or, or, or basic needs. How did that perform? Yeah, so food sales are indicated um, rose by 6.4%. And that internal sales of inflation came up to 6.8%, um, while general merchandise indicated earlier on um, fell by 1.4%. Um, so as I indicated, um, consumers are significantly under pressure um, with their shifting patterns and spending away from items um, such as your microwave due to storing food and also energy and transport costs, which have impact- impacted the African consumer significantly. Um, I think the events that took place or all that sparked a lot of challenges economically. Um, the Ukraine um, and Russia um, conflict um, towards the end of February and has been a great catalyst for some of these pressures that we're currently seeing. Um, but I think macro uh, and continues to do well. Um, but I think the problem child, particularly with regards to this division, um, seems to be game. But I think they are trying to obviously shift particularly this game division. Um, if you recall yesterday, they actually indicated that they've opened the first um, largest liquor store um, in Eastgate, particularly with regards to game, where they'll obviously be selling liquor, uh, particularly to the mall, and they're the only ones that are, that are able to sell the liquor. So they've obviously tried to obviously invest quite a lot of money and operations in terms of revamping, and um, particularly the, the game stores. Um, they've approximately revamped 115 of its SA stores, just in a bit to obviously just turn around this loss-making brand and that has obviously affected this brand for a couple of years now. And, and what has the impact been of the, the civil unrest in, in July? The, there were a total of about 43 stores that were damaged uh, last year in Gauteng and, and Guazulu-Natal. How has that impacted their performance? Yeah, so the group um, did also provide an update on that. Um, that it, it had obviously reported that there was a loss of sales um, from approximately 43 stores that were damaged um, during the July 2021 unrest um, in Gauteng and KZN. Um, if you recall, um, the retailer, which is actually headquartered in KZN um, and is controlled by Walmart, um, was very much 
in the tune of, um, was very, very much impacted by the silver unrest, um, which caused approximately 2.5 billion in damage, um, an estimated net loss of approximately 650 million as a result um, of an insurance shortfall. Um, so they did indicate that they are getting um, assistance in terms of the interruption of for insurance, uh, but unfortunately they haven't gotten the full amount yet. They received 370 million in uh, business interruption insurance. What is the expected amount? What did they hope to get? Yeah, so I think they hope to at least get the damage that had obviously caused. So they indicated that the full damage was 2.5 billion in damage. Uh, but I think at the moment there is currently a shortfall um, from the insurance. Um, which they indicated final payment will be realized later on this year. Um, so you rightly said they've only gotten 370 million rand in business interruption um, of this insurance to date. Um, however, they have been working close, um, closely with the insurers just to conclude um, the claim and also get the final payments, um, particularly to the damage that was caused last year. That's quite a significant loss, uh, a shortfall of 650 million rand as a result of, of this insurance. We'll keep a close eye on the developments in that particular, in that particular sphere. But before we move on uh, from MassMart, talk to us about the, the sale, uh, the 1.36 billion rand sale to, to ShopRite, or at least talks yeah. of that, yeah. Yeah, so um, the discussions began actually last year. Um, and then they concluded um, that uh, towards the end of last year. Um, so MassMart um, had announced last year that it would be um, selling its um, fresh fruits assets um, approximately for about 1.36 billion rand um, in August of last year to ShopRite. Um, so it indicated today, uh, providing an update, um, that this particular sale um, could obviously impact also further impact some of the businesses because some of these brands, um, such as your Cambridge, your Rhino, um, were also businesses that were doing relatively well. Um, but since they are losing some of these assets, um, it, it, it is going to be quite a challenging period for them. But I think what they're trying to do now is just focus on their core businesses and also trying to solve some of their problem child um, chains, such as your game, um, and also just try to get um, customers back in their stores um, to obviously buy the, those general merchandises um, that a lot of consumers have unfortunately shifted towards um, in order just to help them spend more on more needy goods um, such as your food. Let's take a look at, at telecoms for a, a moment. Uh, we've seen the MTN results coming out. They have uh, been performing quite well, uh, not only in, in South Africa, but you know uh, across the, the continent as well. Not a good story for Telcom, however, with their share price down 3%. Uh, tell us more about uh, Telcom and what it is that they're currently going through, the, the pressure. Yeah, so Telcom um, came out with a trading update um, for the quarter ending June of 2022. Um, they've indicated that the group revenue, unfortunately, has declined by 3.2%, um, percent, um, coming down to about $10.3 billion, um, despite continued growth, particularly in areas such as your mobile division and also strong fiber numbers. Um, but however, what detracted significantly has been the fixed line legacy voice revenue was declined by 19.9% on a year-to-year basis. Um, so we all know that the copper-based voice revenue has continued to come down um, for a number of years, um, as a lot of consumers obviously have shifted um, their usage towards mobile uh, network and also the fiber network. Um, however, this particular business of the operations only accounts for about 7% 
of gross operating revenue at telecom consumer and business units. Um, so that was one of the challenges that they had. But also another challenge was the telecom mobile revenue declined by 2%. And although the um, telecommunications country did indicate that active mobile subscribers did decline by 7.8% on a year on your basis to 17.3 million. Um, how unfortunately, with regards to the pressures that consumers are currently going through, um, unfortunately, that particular division did um, decline um, um, just slightly. But I think what the what was the good news from these numbers? I think there's a lot of bad news, but what was the good news was with regards to some of the division, um, another division called OpenServe, um, which is a fiber network business. So Telcom did indicate in the, in the update today that they have more than 890,000 homes in South Africa. So they, they saw an increase of approximately 45% jump from a year ago. So that OpenServe division um, reported a year-on-year growth of approximately 6.5%. Um, and I think that was uh, one of the good news uh, just to come out of the story. Well, it looks like OpenServe is the goose that's laying the golden egg for Telcom at the moment. But they've also announced that the business will be legally separated uh, from the 1st of, of September. Talk us through that uh, and, and the logic of taking your goose that's laying the golden egg and having it stand as a standalone subsidiary. Yeah, so I think um, it is one of the businesses that have done um, considerably well. Um, they've continued continue to see um, some of the good numbers that have come through. Um, but I think it was just trying to just separate the businesses. As you also know that um, there have been in early discussions with MTA um, of a potential merger, but obviously those are still in early stages. Um, so I think they just want you to just to separate those assets and just try to realign their portfolio. Um, as you know, even last year um, with the previous um, CEO, they wanted to list um, the real assets, the infrastructure assets that they've been having, which obviously MTN if they were successful with their bid to obviously merge with them, would become very much a good asset to have um, due to Telcom's fiber assets being very much a strong commodity and an asset base that um, could assist Telcom in its uh, venture of being one of the biggest mobile um, networks in South Africa and, and Africa in the continent. So it was just um, to separate those assets because um, a lot of these assets um, are of value that hasn't been unlocked, particularly in their share price. Um, so that's what they're currently looking to just separate. But I think um, this will also depend in terms of the discussions that take place um, and how the discussions um, fare in terms of the finalization um, of the discussion with MTN. And, and, and talking about MTN, we're seeing very different results. If you look at Telcom, you look at MTN, you look at, at Vodacom. MTN and, and Vodacom seem to be performing uh, relatively well, specifically in comparison to, to Telcom. What could be the reason for that? Yeah, so if you recall, um, Telcom has very much a longer track record in terms of a more um, the voice um, the, the voice and infrastructure network. So they came into the mobile network and mobile um, operating environment um, pretty late into the party. So um, Vodacom and MTN um, had a head start at the beginning. Um, so I think that very much played a significant role. Um, Talcom um, only shifted their businesses um, a few years later and obviously caught on to the party a few years later. And they were actually trying to catch up at that moment. So I think they were not as successful in catching up to the two big players that we currently see in the market that have grown exponentially, not only in South Africa, but other um, countries in the continent. Um, as we know, MTN is quite big in Nigeria. 
Um, so um, I think that revenue stream that they've been able to and um, just get into that market in Nigeria has very much been a great advantage, first move advantage that they've been able to maintain for a significant amount of time. Um, so they also, their numbers also came out earlier this week. Um, so their numbers obviously um, very much different from, MT, uh, from Telcom. Um, so they're doing very well. Um, but obviously, Telcom um, has had to play catch-up for a number of years. Uh, but unfortunately, um, they have been successful at some areas. However, on the, on the mobile um, operations network, um, unfortunately, they'll, they'll continue to play catch-up. Let's focus uh, on our last uh, story for today, Akona, and that's looking at medical aids. We are, are seeing, you know, interest rates being hiked. And uh, as we know, every single year you get that email that says that your medical <laughs> aid contribution um, has increased. Uh, but talk to us about the, the regulation r- regarding that. And is it going to be um, an inflation-related uh, increase or less? Yeah, so maybe just to provide a bigger background for our listeners. So the Council of Medical Schemes, um, which is a statutory body um, established within the African legislation, which um, sets um, the medical schemes um, contribution increases. So they very much um, assist in obviously giving these increases to the respective medical aid um, companies. Um, so they did come out together indicating that they will be recommending an increase um, of medical aid contribu- contributions for 2023 um, to stay at or below an um, inflation of approximately 5.7%. Um, so the association um, provided a circular, and in, in that circular it indicated that um, we all know that the SASA consumer is very much in a very tough situation. The current economic in- environment, um, such as your surging inflation, your rising interest rates, um, interest rates um, and also yeah, both inflationary contribution increases increases are simply just unaffordable um, for most members on medical aid schemes. So it has proposed a 5.7 increase uh, and um, percent, uh, which also allows for a 4.2 recommendation for 2022. Um, so that's the recommendation that and the proposal that they did come out today. But where do they get these numbers from? So if you recall last month when um, the central bank governor, Mr. Kanyako, um, was delivering the bad news to all of us in terms of the increase in repo rates. Um, he also did provide a number in terms of the average um, consumer price index that um, the, the, uh, the Reserve Bank is expecting for South Africa um, for 2023. And in that number, it indicated that it expects an average of approximately 5.7% in 2023, and then moderating that average to 4.7 in 2024. Well, uh, Akona Mlamleli, we'll leave it at that for this evening. Thank you so much for a really comprehensive business wrap. Um, I guess the the good news, and I don't know if one can really call it good news, with uh, the the medical aids, uh, you, you know, the recommendations for the the increase being at five point seven percent or or less. Uh, I guess the ideal situation would be have to have no increases at all, uh, because so many people are not even receiving increases at work, and yet everything else is escalating. But that's no, just... you're right, sir. No, you're right, sir. And I think we—that's why we're seeing a lot of the strikes that we've been seeing in the last few um, weeks, um, and a lot of pressures, particularly economically. Um, so, yeah, we all wish there wasn't any increases um, like we saw um, during the COVID period. But unfortunately, these companies are profit-making organizations. Um, they need to deliver to their shareholders. Unfortunately.
Yep, I guess it's the structure, it's the system that we are in. Akonam Lamleli, thank you so much. Give yourself a great evening and hope to see you on the 9th. <laughs> Putting you thank under you pressure much, there. Honey. Thank you. That's, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that's Akonam Lamleli, Portfolio Manager at 274 Investment Managers.